0: All right, so we're back. Episode one, the the pilot episode, Mike Loveday, uh, of M-Squared seemed to hit it off well. I mean, now we've been re-upped for, yikes, 26 episodes, 28 episodes. I mean, Friday Night Lights, which is one of my favorite shows of all time, their first season was close to like 28, maybe even 30 episodes. The OC back in the day, which is a real throwback, they had quite a lot. But I think M-Squared got re-upped for how many episodes for season one? What were we thinking, 28, 30? I think we should do the same for the Simpsons run. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, he is Mike Loveday. I'm Matt Noonan. And we welcome you back uh, for the official episode number one, Uh, episode number zero, technically the first real episode. The pilot uh, is up and running. So you can definitely check that out. Uh, Just in case if you are new to our podcast, we obviously are chatting about a variety of things when it comes to sports, pop culture, tech, business, and life in the midst of a pandemic which is still going on right now and one of those things that obviously mike that's changing up the the way of life is the consumer behavior so the past three months you're in chicago i'm up here in the boston area well I, i would say truthfully with you you know start one of the places i'd love to go to get a cup of coffee is starbucks and it was not a smart move on my end when i moved in six years ago to this apartment which i'm still in And there was a Starbucks right across the street. So I never bought stock, should have bought stock because, (laughs) you know, giving them too much money, but they closed for a couple of weeks into early on into this quarantine. Then they've come back, obviously, about a month ago, I would say maybe a little bit more, maybe late April, early May. And initially it was, again, just a few stores were opening and then obviously more stores are populating. But now there's news, obviously, that's coming out regarding Starbucks with the thought that, hey, it's going to uh, close 400 stores, yet they're going to open 300 stores. But the real reason that Starbucks is making these changes is because of the consumer habits that we've been, I guess, in a way, thrusted into or forced to do because of COVID 19. So, look, I'm a Starbucks guy. I don't know. Are, are you, let me, let me begin by asking you, are, are you a Starbucks guy, dunk guy? I mean, um, Humberland um. Farms a, I'm a, I'm
1: a little, little bit of both. Uh, I do. I have like a Starbucks. I'm like their, they're one of their gold members, so that kind of gives you an indication of how many. uh I'm here. You know, I'm here. I actually Is have he... the, somewhere around here. I actually have the physical card that they used to issue. Yep. Uh, whenever you got the a certain a certain level. Um. So yeah, I do do Starbucks. Uh, I when I was commuting, I did a little bit more often. <laughs> uh, mostly like I would go on my lunch break or something like that, and uh, you know, grab coffee because there was a Starbucks down the street, but. You know, every now and then I would do Dunkin'. So like, um, I'm either one, but I I found it interesting because like when I read the story and I'll put a link to it in the in the show notes. Like when I read the link, the CNN they were talking like they were even before the pandemic they were noticing more and more people were picking, you know, to go options to get their coffee. And I thought about one of my trips to uh, New York City in you know it was probably 2012, 2013, might have been 2014 when I was running the marathon. I literally remember standing on the corner in the street in New York and I was a Starbucks to my back and I could literally see a Starbucks, literally no joke, within eyesight on every corner of that street. And I just remember standing there and I'm like, man, it really is a matter of time before they put a Starbucks inside a Starbucks kind of (laughs) thing like that, that old joke. And it just kind of made me laugh. So like I think about that and I'm just like, you know, it's like and you think about the lines, I mean, in every line at those that I remember, it was insane. And so like, even when Michelle and I will go, um, to a Starbucks and usually like, we'll go and we'll sit, like, we may be looking to you know, sure. get off the or you know, we'll grab something and just go and sit down. There's always a line and it seems like more and more like there's more pickup options to go. So in a way it kind of makes sense. Cause I'm like, I'm sure they're probably, I mean, Starbucks knows their, knows their business, knows their audience. Like, I, I mean, I read it was only like about 400 stores. Like that doesn't, that's not a lot in terms of, Starbucks literally no, whenever I said I no. saw four in a one street, one block in New York. Um. So like my thought is I'm like, well, they're probably going to be pretty strategic about it. But like, you know, maybe they will shift like almost like Bank of America done. Like I don't, I don't, I haven't been to a Bank of America in years where I can drive up and, you know, to that teller outside teller window. Most of it's just the ATM. I'm like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there comes a time where you know the Starbucks is more of like a little hole in the wall place where you just go and a counter, grab your coffee and go, which, True. you know, could help decrease some of the lines in some of the other places or at least help me be able to find a place to sit whenever we want to actually go inside one and sit down.
0: Yeah. I, I always wondered because, you know, similar to you, I, I got the gold card. I, I did an Instagram post on it, I think in 2012 and 2013, just thinking that I was, you know, rolling, uh, I was, I was rolling in the deep for <laughs> new Adele, but I would say I, from my end, I always wondered when they launched the app and were, you know, having the opportunity where you could pay on the app and be able to order ahead thinking, Why doesn't Starbucks just reshift the business plan? And that really is what's going to be happening, as you alluded to. The Starbucks within the Starbucks. I'm surprised you didn't mention Washington D.C., which has a Starbucks on almost every corner. I want to say, or every other storefront, there's a Starbucks down there. Basically, I'm kidding, obviously, about the every other storefront. But you know what I mean? Not that
1: far away from joking.
0: Not (laughs) exactly, exactly. So, but I I would say, in my opinion, when I read this, initially I was thinking, wait a minute. You know, it's going to happen. This is going to happen over an 18 month span. So it's not like Wave your, you know, put your hands up, right. rush out, grab every single, you know, <laughs> pound of coffee beans that you can from Starbucks. So, I mean, this is a gradual slowdown, you know, kind of turning the page. But in my opinion, I think, and this is something that I know we also wanted to get into, you know, Whole Foods uh, is owned by Amazon. You wonder if maybe does Amazon ever consider getting involved with this. Amazon, obviously. With the delivery service, and you know that's something that I know Uber Eats is. is uh, I think about a year ago with uh, Starbucks. I know one here. I, yeah. I'm never going to order from Uber Eats a uh, a cup of coffee when you can just walk next door and go get right. some because I think that's lazy in my opinion. But I and would no say three times as much. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I think the way this whole pandemic has shifted our consumer behavior, yeah. it's it's almost in a way kind of not making us become the Jetsons, but it's almost. Making us feel like, hey, th- this is good. I mean, I-, I went a few weeks ago. I went to Duncan. I have the Duncan app. I fired it up. I was driving through a the drive-through and I literally just pulled right through, said, hey, I paid ahead. I mean, I've got the cold brew right there. Bam, uh, it's all set. So yeah. I think that that's going to be more. And whether, and maybe Duncan hypothetically follows, but I guess, you know, and then we're hearing the news about Grubhub and Grubhub and Uber Eats. And, you know, so there's been a lot of, you know, changing of the guards, I guess, in a way during this particular time, I'm sure there's more to come uh, has, again, the coronavirus is not only ripple has been a ripple effect across so many walks of life, but I mean, what have you enjoy? I mean, do you enjoy the fact that in a way we're, we're somewhat pushing ahead here with, you know, more of, you know, Hey, it's everything that's on your phone is basically, because at the end of the day, I mean, these are not just phones. These are little computers
1: we're walking around with. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I can't remember the last time I actually used my phone as a phone. Uh, but uh, you know, it it really is one of those things. Yeah, house like house phone mic? Yeah. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> is, but continue. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably what interests me most. Like I I, I love tech anyway. I mean, most of the podcasts I listen to are technology based, and a lot of the people I follow on like Twitter um on my personal account are more technology based. So like, I find this part very interesting. Like with Starbucks obviously with their shift but you know you mentioned amazon they already own whole foods and you know the way things are kind of shifting i mean i just know like from my wife and i like we've ordered like i've been a prime member for i don't even know how long like i was a prime member when i think when it was like 50 bucks a year or something like that and before the video and all the other stuff that they just kind of rolled it rolled into that um and i can't say i really ordered that much then but you know i mean since this hit like my wife has has been waiting on a couch for her new uh, room because we just had the patio redone and it kind of blocked off a room like she's been waiting on a couch I mean you can buy a couch through Amazon like I've bought a bunch of stuff for my office and stuff like that I mean all the podcasting gear that I have I think most of it has been bought from Amazon over time I mean so I mean it's kind of made me wonder with you know I mean obviously, obviously malls have been on the way out for a few years now. I yep. mean, I think the the mall, the way we know it, like the one that I grew up working in when I was a 17-year-old kid in high school, like though, those are going away. Like I remember having the conversation with Michelle, um, and maybe I mentioned to you at some point, is that I think like if anything, the pandemic has probably sped up the death of, you know, traditional retail. Like right, I think the, it probably the, only the, had the, like the, five the to ten years. Yeah, the five to ten years, like it probably only had five to ten years to begin with based on way things are going, I'm like, I think this is probably sped it up. I mean, I think I saw Macy's is, fi- like, what, JCPenney's is filed for for bankruptcy. I mean, Steve
0: is another one that's um, yeah. filed, you know, a couple. And I'm hearing also, I think it's been written about, too, I mean, Brooks Brothers is also in that case, uh, in that situation. I know Gap, I think I was listening to a Wall Street Journal, you know, the Gap brand, which owns, you know, Banana Republic, uh, yeah. Old Navy, and a few others. I think they owe some money to a to a mall or to some sort of investor. I, I got to double check that story, but the, there's a lot. You're right. I mean, it's just it's it's it really is accelerating the process, which is everything's online, everything's on your phone. You know, you can uh, not only order coffee on your phone, you can order dinner, you can also order, you know, schedule uh, and schedule a haircut, honestly, at the same time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I one of the things that kind of struck me is uh, I think years ago, um, it has been like. 2014-15 area like i remember trying to order a, buy a couch from ikea like i knew what i wanted i was like oh maybe i can have it shipped and the answer is yes i could have had it shipped but i think the shipping was like 700 dollars it was 200 more than the couch itself that i was going to buy so obviously i was like i'll just you know go borrow a truck from someone and drive down it was it ended up being a miserable day because it was like pouring down rain and everything and sometimes the time's not worth the effort but i was like it was 200 dollars i think about like most of like my wife's having a couch delivered. I ordered it through my Prime account, free delivery. I'm like, yep. that's nuts. But I'm like, <laughs> even today, like, I think I went on the Ikea and was like, oh, I know, I know there's something that I want from there. And I still can't, you know, it's still insanely expensive to ship. And I think about that. And I'm like, are these places like that? I mean, I know Walmart bought, I think it was a company called Jet a few years ago to try and compete with Amazon and their, their service. And I read last week that I think, again, time is almost irrelevant i say last week in the in the past somewhere i read an article i think walmart's talking about coming up with like a prime like service but they won't it won't be a subscription it won't be Mm -hmm. paid like you'll get um stuff like that and like but i really haven't seen walmart's really you know no no one i haven't seen anybody talking about like ordering all their stuff from walmart online so like it's interesting to see how this is going to change things i mean i don't think no if we'll really see the impact for like a few years i mean i think once things start to open up and we start to see what opens up and how it's changing. I mean, I don't, I don't think brick and mortar retail is going to be completely gone, but I think it definitely is going to change the way we think about it. You know, I don't think it's going to look the same. I think you'll probably see more, you know, maybe more niche stores. I mean, Microsoft opened their stores. Apple has their stores. Like it may be more niche. I mean, you mentioned the gap. I think they also own, own, um, is it, it's not Athleta. There's a no, it is Athleta,
0: yeah, yeah. no, 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 but I think they also may have Lululemon in their portfolio. So I can double double check that.
1: But, but I, I stores think... I go in with my wife and I just stand around, and I'm like, man, how much longer are we going to be? <laughs> so I don't know which one it is. But, uh, you so know, so we've got, got Old Navy, like, Banana Republic, Althea, and Hill
0: um, Hill City. So Lululemon's uh, unfortunately not uh, not under okay. the GAP umbrella. So maybe but... it was Athleta.
1: But I think about stores like that, and I'm like, I think we'll probably see more smaller niche stores fill those areas where it's like you know maybe like and probably more more outdoor malls kind mm-hmm. of thing like strip mall where it's kind of more of like you know you can go watch a movie grab lunch do some shopping like those kind of things like but i think like the malls that you know i'm kind of used to like those are uh those got sped up i think where as far as the death nail for them but it's interesting because i mean i don't i you know as much as i use amazon i don't want to see amazon as the only place that i can ever buy anything either because that just can't be good for customers <laughs> No, no, and, and you know, but hey,
0: Jeff Bezos clearly knew he's got something going on here. And, you know, just really quick personal story. You know, earlier today was uh, craving a certain sandwich from a location that I love. And, and this goes back to Starbucks, as you mentioned, obviously, with you, Michelle, with Starbucks is not just selling coffee. They're selling an experience. You know, again, come to the store, sit down, read the New York Times and so forth. Yeah. But I think that, you know, so earlier today I call co- you know, a place, coffee shop small, you know, business. And unfortunately, the gentleman, you know, I believe it was the owner I was speaking with, or just the manager. And we had a very, you know, candid conversation about where things are are right now with, you know, with his business and just Mm -hmm. concerns that he has. So, you know, small businesses, obviously, whether it's around here in the Cambridge, Somerville, Boston area, those are the ones that are lifebloods. And it's unfortunate because you know, when this is all said and done, when it is safe to go about your business the way we did a couple of months ago. And again, we are in a new normal time. And I like the fact that we have to kind of pivot and change a little bit. It's, it you know, pushes, pushes us to the limit and, you know, yeah. makes us think creatively. It's unfortunate that I, I'm just, I don't know how many of these small businesses, I mean, there's a restaurant, we, we can talk about that. Uh, another conversation for another day will be about movie theaters because, you know, yeah. with the, we talked briefly about streaming, but I want to pivot here. As we talk about pivoting, I want to pivot to uh, a theme, obviously, that we obviously also have a uh, mutual co- in common, which is uh, the return of sports. And it seems like, yeah. you know, right now, the, the biggest one, at least, you know, from like a professional professional like, league itself uh, is Major League Soccer. So, you know, going off of what we have here on the MLS website, and obviously they publicize this on social media, all 26 MLS clubs participating, all matches will be held in Orlando. Uh, group stage followed by a knockout round. The group stage counts toward regular season. The winner earns the 2020 CONCAF uh, championship league spot. pre tournament draw to assign, sports, assign groups. And regular season continues after the tournament. I think the hope, if I have heard, is that they will be able to maybe you know finish the regular season back in home markets. So mm-hmm. Major League Soccer might have the blueprint, Mike, for getting sports back. We know that also the NBA is, you know, in the process of coming back late July hockey. I know up here, the Boston Bruins, they've been able to, you know, get some other players back. Obviously, the Masters is late November. That's been punted out. The PGA Tour uh, technically, I guess, would begin today. So, you know, going off of this ongoing list here, the French Open is September 20th. Um, of course, we're, this is an Olympic year, but that has been punted to, <laughs> right. to next year. Paralympics also delayed to August 24th, 2021. So make a long story short. Of course, the past three months have been unique with i you know, have been just different with not having live sports. I think the channels have struggled with keeping in some ways, in my opinion, keeping their interest afloat with yeah. old games, which can be fun and uh, fun here and there. What's your whole take about this? I mean, are you excited? I mean, there's there's thought about. I mean, the Belmont Stakes supposedly got punted back to June 20th. Uh, the Preakness is October 3rd. Kentucky Derby was September 5th. Uh, let's see what else here. British Open obviously canceled. Just a few others to throw out there. Two, I would say. Well, actually, that's really really kind of you know some of those things. Oh, mean, so anyways, so, and yeah, we right, still so, don't
1: know. We still don't know. Baseball still doesn't. I mean, I think they're still negotiating on you know, what what they're going to do. I haven't heard a plan for baseball. I mean. It's interesting because I mean I I mean I, honestly I like I kind of think soccer like they're uniquely able to do a tournament format like this. I mean I think sure. to you know the World Cup like that seems kind of like the model they're following here. You know with the the group stage and then kind of like you know where you know the basically the mm-hmm. I, you know it's been a while since I watched the World Cup. Like I'm not the biggest soccer fan, but I lo- I do love watching the World Cup. But it's like what like the top two pe- teams out of uh, each um division move on kind of thing and i'm like that's so i think MOS is kind of unique in that like i being in chicago like i think it's interesting cuz this was the year the chicago fire were moving back into soldier field so obviously that's not happening <laughs> but it's right. so, like so you kind of like people were really upset when they left uh, the bridgeview area but you know it's like yeah i think they're and i think the premier lacrosse league like they're trying something similar to what um the the MOS is doing um nba i know they're sequestering themselves In Orlando, um, I believe that's what I saw, like, as well, too. So, I mean, Disney seems like they probably make out pretty well because they have all the facilities at their wild world of sports because I think at least that's what the NBA is doing. Um, So Disney may be finding a way to make up for some of that lost income from closing, closing places. But, yeah, I mean, I'm... I will say I'm excited to see things come back. I mean, I'm I'm more probably more of an NFL guy. So I think that's kind of what I'm just kinda hanging my hat on. I'm like, oh, you know, it'll be nice mm-hmm. when the NFL season returns. But I'm also kind of like, well, is it good? Everything's empty. Weird. Like I think of a baseball stadium, like, you know, when someone knocks a home run or something like that and it's just quiet. Like it seems like it'd be kind of eerie too. So like I guess I'm like cautiously excited to see how this it'll be it'll be nice to have, you know, something on TV to watch and kind of give that give that excitement and distraction let's be honest like sports is a nice distraction for for a lot of people and i mean the last few months few weeks that anything like you know people could probably use a distraction a little bit to reduce some tension and just kind of like let some people just kind of relax a little bit and you know unwind from their stressful lives but it's just one of those things i'm like "Ah, it's gonna be interesting like no fans like as i think that's what most people are doing like the no fans thing which I'm like, how does that work? Like, because you don't think about it, but you're like, you think about like what's a rock concert if it's just, you know, the band on stage and there's nobody screaming. Like, it's just, I think it's gonna be weird. Well, that's actually been done already because the dropkick Murphy is a local band here in Boston.
0: They did rock out a couple of weeks ago at Fenway Park and they live streamed it. So oh, wow. I think at one point in, early on in the quarantine, I think OAR was doing like a, a, a Facebook live on Sundays where they would talk yeah, about I've seen, yeah.
1: so I've Seen a bunch of
0: bands have done that. Yeah, so I've seen I've seen that too. I, I'm with you. I think it will get some, it will get some get to get, get taking you getting used to. I was also reading yeah. through awful announcing today about how Kevin Harlan was saying that you know the NBA games will be broadcasted through a studio mostly. There's a chance that maybe the NBA Finals or the championship they could get in person, but that's that's just going to be the wave. Like from the broadcasting perspective, Mike, in my opinion, that it's just yeah. going to be a lot of remote. It's going to be a lot of remote. And it's not just going to be for the NBA. I mean, it definitely would be for the NHL. I can see that being all NBC doing it, whether it's Stanford hypothetically or other locations throughout the country. There, There's, I just don't see like Pierre Maguire standing between the pipes, unfortunately, as much as we'd love to hear Pierre Maguire regale yeah. stories about uh, this player's connection to so-and-so. And obviously how many, uh, you know, brothers and sisters went to that private school that he played here, you know, he played that. We're just not going, we're not going to hear that similar to you. I'm holding out hope for the, for the NFL. And I, I just think that right now I think it's feasible, you know, right now games is supposed to begin has a September 10th, you know, then yeah, that's the kickoff of the opening weekend. It sounds like the NFL might have less preseason games. Uh, all the training camps will be taking place, you know, on yeah. their home facilities versus, you know, like where the Dallas Cowboys go to Oxnard and yeah. other places, my other teams might go to other locations. So that can definitely help with reducing the spread. But the thing I'm wondering is, you know, as you mentioned Major League Baseball really quickly here, is I just wonder with this window now if Major League Soccer becomes really the first one to come back, it really seems from the professional, and I believe they will be the first one really from like a team perspective, if there'll be more of an uptick in soccer fans or people saying, you know, baseball just doesn't do it for me anymore. I'm a soccer fan now too. And remember, Major League Soccer is growing and they've got a lot yeah. of teams at different parts of the country. They've also got some teams in new, new areas as well that they really are cat. You know, the MLS I believe is cashing in on saying, Hey, listen, you know what? We're going to put a team in Nashville. And that's the team that, because of the younger culture, or maybe eventually you see a major league soccer team compete in Austin eventually. But there is, if you go around, I mean, there's even one in Cincinnati. I know there's a little bit of a tech boom out in Cincinnati. So there's definitely some, you know, you're seeing more of these teams popping up in areas where there's younger fans. And, uh, soccer is a cult, you know, soccer is, you know, soccer is a, is a niche sport. Obviously it's a sport that everyone can play from early age. You know, it's a, it's, it's a community sport from the get go. And obviously a lot of young men and young women will continue with it as we both know, yeah. but it's a niche sport just like lacrosse is as we both know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think to your point, like, I think, I think they have a shot like, you know, cause it'll be one of those things like I'm sure televisions and streaming services, like they'll be champing at the bit, uh, to get this stuff on and get some programming on even if it's like a game a week like they'll want something so i think you know almost there will probably be people that you know i mean i have trouble saying discover soccer for the first time because i mean soccer's been around for a very long time and i think it is still like numbers wise probably the most popular sport in the world but i think like, like here in america like I, it's not but you know so i think they have a chance of like picking up some people because i think it'll be one that things like I'd say if someone goes sit in a bar, but I mean, you can't really do that right now. Cause there's no, like here, you, can't, you can sit on the patio, but there's no TVs on the patio. But I mean, people that are just sitting around channel surfing and tired of watching, you know, the 1983 world series, or, you know, the, you know, they're tired of seeing the bulls win uh, NBA championships on reruns and stuff like that. Like, totally. I, I think they'll probably have a chance at like picking up some new fans just because like, if that's what's on, I mean, I, the, to your point of like, you know, I think you will lose some of that storytelling item like cuz if you don't have announcers on site which I don't think they will cuz I don't think they'll want to put their those guys at risk um especially about on a bunch of sweaty guys that are breathing heavy and you know spreading spreading uh droplets all over the place um but you know I think to what the uh, Premier Lacrosse League did last year when their first year which like they mic'd up players and like they had announcers from up in the booth you know ask players thing and stuff like that I mean NFL is mic'd up um I think tradition, like quarterbacks and stuff like that, like not to talk to them, but you can turn the mic on and hear what they have to say. Like I think about some of these leagues and I'm like, if you don't have the announcers on, on site. Can you do something like that? Just to kind of get a little bit more of that, you know, personal engagement, um, you know, and kind of get that. Cause the announcers, like they can only talk so much without, you know, something else, you know, to kind of interrupt at times, just to kind of break up, you know, something. So you know, like, what do you talk about during time? Like, I don't know. It, like, I'm just saying, like, I think there's, kind of like we talked about with the retail. Like, I think there's an opportunity here for some places to kind of try and like, let's try something different. Like use this as an excuse to be like, Hey, let's give it a shot. It doesn't work. We'll blame it on the pandemic and we won't do it again. But you know, maybe it's one of those Things that, you know, maybe it'll work out. Like, I think the NFL got the idea of miking up players. Like after the, the first run of the XFL, whenever they were doing stuff. And I think that's kind of where the POL kind of pulled that idea from as well. So it'll be interesting to see what these leagues do. Um, just to be like, you know, we, we got to try something different. We gotta, we gotta spice this thing up because you don't have that kind of like excitement of fans in the stands. So we kind of got to create some stuff and make some stuff kind of make us unique. So like, again, like I'm, uh, I'm a little weird in that way. Like I'm almost more interested in the behind the scenes stuff than the actual on the field product. Like I like to see how people are going to like kind of solve problems and be like, you know, what do we do? Sure. Sure. No, totally understood. Well, it leads
0: me to a final topic here of uh, episode one. And again, episode one has been the beginning of 28, 35, 46 episodes before we get canceled. (laughs) But no, I'm kidding. But I I do want to ask you, because we talked last week about starting up, you know, because in addition to talking about some topics that are going on in the world, sports, pop culture, business, and so forth, tech, one of the things that we talked about last week was getting started with noontime sports, getting that off the ground. Yeah. you got a unique uh, passion for lacrosse. You got a great website, Lax Records, just continuing to grow. Talk to me about how you, Mike, were able to get that off and running, especially with so much, you know, with content experience, not only during your day job, but also with you know, going back to when we first connected with the worldwide leaders. So yeah. Why lack why lax records?
1: Yeah. And honestly, um, it's uh it, it was a little weird how I ended up starting because like as we kind of mentioned last week, like I started with the ESPN. And I was doing the lacrosse stuff there, and then um they laid off the entire high school department. They decided to shed the the high school department as you as you well know and then but the company that they had bought um, to kind of make that ESPN high school was student sports, a company that I had been working for since two thousand and five or wait two thousand and six. Um, and so when yeah. ESPN went away, student sports kind of reformed back up under some um, venture capitalist money, and then after a year, the venture capitalist pulled that. so like that was two times in. I say the span of two years that, you know, I was a lacrosse editor and kind of the rug had been pulled out from underneath me. So I was literally sitting there unemployed, not knowing what to do, like filling out, like, you know, sending in like eight to nine resumes a day, just trying to, you know, find employment in 2014. And I was like, you know, I was like, I need to find something. Like, I'm just one of those people. Like I have to, I have to keep myself busy. I have to do something. So I was kind of looking around the landscape of lacrosse landscape. I was like, you know, it's like, I built a couple audiences with this. Like I've been pretty good. as, like I enjoy doing it, but I also stopped and looked I'm like what part of lacrosse do I enjoy? And I was like, you know, there was already inside lacrosse. I mean, at the time there was lax power that was doing um, commitments inside lacrosse. Obviously, still doing commitments. There's top lax recruits. I'm like, I was like, I really don't want to do the you know player rankings and you know the uh, commitments and stuff like that. Like that wasn't really the most interesting part for me. And so I had kind of started to build up this you know, um, reservoir of lacrosse records just from when I was at ESPN from literally a question that someone had asked, like, uh, you know, who had scored the most goals? Like, what was the record for most goals? Someone just randomly emailed me and I just got curious and I started digging into that stuff. So in 2014, I was like, you know, I was like, let me start this site. And, you know, it honestly it was just to keep me busy. Like, it was like, give me something to do. I really had, I was like, you know what? It's like, I'll give it a year, see if anybody cares and I'll go from there. And then, uh, so like, and I looked back a couple of weeks ago about the the list that started like that. I literally started the site with, and I think it was the list like total of like all the coach and player records. It was like maybe a hundred, 150, like it was a very paltry number compared to like the thousands that I have now. Um, and so like at the end of the year, like I had a job and it was just one of those things that I'm just like, you know, I kind of like doing this. I kind of enjoy it. Like, and I thought, I was like, this is actually something. And I was kind of naive when I started, like, I thought it was like, oh, you know, thinking from the reporter standpoint, I'm like, Oh, this would kind of come in handy for reporters whenever they're reporting on local games, like to know, you know, maybe who has the most goals and stuff like that to kind of give some context to stuff. Um, I think I was kind of ignorant on how much interest they would have for a players and parents and then coaches. And so like the audience for it has grown quite a bit, um, in the now six years that it's been in existence. So, um, it, it it's kind of a weird way to start something like oh, I'm bored and I need to keep busy, but, I think it also kind of speaks to like when we talked last week about you know you start at noontime, you find something that you know interests you and that you're passionate about. Like you said, you know you're you cover mostly like D3 um, uh, sports and D3 football in the New England area. I mean, where I know we're on video and I can see your Patriots stuff in the background. Like you know most most sports reporters are probably like, oh, I want to cover the Patriots, I want to cover the Bruins or Celtics or something like that. They see that as the peak. But you know it was one of those things. I'm like I found something I was passionate about, and so like in that way like. It's not really a big deal for me to work all day and then go sit at my computer for you know several hours in the evening and you know find out you know who scored what over the course of a day and add that to the database. Like it doesn't necessarily like some days. I mean everything feels like work just because you're burned out and you're like oh I have to do this. But you know it's also one of those things I'm like you know it was like I also enjoy the process and I enjoy the site and I enjoy like seeing like whenever parent kids email me and be like oh you know I'm going after like I just want to know pass this person i want to do this like i enjoy that and i feel like it brings something to the community and i'm like i'm happy to be that that kind of value um to the community i mean obviously as you know the lacrosse community is is pretty tight-knit pretty small even though we are stretched across the country so um that's kind of why i started and kind of why i keep going it's like i just enjoy it and it was just one of those things like if you had told me six years ago that it was going to be where it was i've been like oh i i'm like no one's going to care about you know past records and stuff like that that just wasn't because there was nothing else like it at the time and i mean obviously there's um black records like there's it's still the only thing but you know baseball and professional sports have these sorts of things even the ncaa has record books going back to the beginning of some of its sports but you know i would have never really thought there would have been a, a high school site that would have had the level of interest that it has and i mean it's i'm not comparing it to like Major League Baseball numbers or anything like that, but I mean, for for what I do, I'm like I'm pretty happy with where it's at, and I'm like, and it's growing, you know, outside of the pandemic, it was growing year over year. So you know, this year is obviously the going to be the asterisk in everybody's rec- you know, in everybody's book across the board, though.
0: Well, that's that's the beauty of these podcasts. Every single episode, you get a little bit more of a peek behind the curtain. That's just the start. More obviously on Lax Records, and of course, we can get to Noontime Sports. But Mike, always a lot of fun connecting. Always fun going back and forth with you. Great start, obviously. We got two podcasts here. I think we're, we I think we got something here. I think we got to do another one next week. How's that sound? Yeah, sounds good, man. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. All right, he's Mike Love Day. I'm Matt Newton. This has been another edition of M Squared. Thanks for checking out. Enjoy. Stay safe. Be well, everyone. We'll talk to you next week.